Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, and Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. We're hanging out. Uh, you guys know the drill. Um, it, we're going to put you up on the stage. Just mute your microphone until we call, front, uh, uh, call on you. Sherrod, if you can, click both the Twitter button and invite your followers here. Um, so we can get everybody uh, loaded up, and uh, we'll do this all over again as we've been uh, as we've been known to do. Um, another bad loss, another kind of depressing reality check for this team. Um, which again, I just I just don't know what the expectations are at this point, Sharad. Finish, get it over with. Let's just just hit the reset button and start looking at the next year. This team, they've given us no hope that they can do anything to salvage this season. They don't play hard long enough. They don't defend well enough long enough. They don't do anything long enough to where you can feel that they, they can actually win multiple games. They'll give you they'll give you a nice play in, in, in spurts here and there, but they just can't be consistent enough to gain anyone's confidence. And it's sad because when you look at the way Kimba's playing, you look at the way Tatum is scoring the ball. You look at what some of the things that Fournier is now starting to do more consistently. They've got the ingredients to be a very high-impact offensive team, but they just aren't committed to doing the dirty work on the defensive end of the floor, and it's killing them. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't even realize it until I kind of rattled off all of the things on the post-game show. The amount of things that actually – you know, as, 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 as much bad shit as there's been surrounding the team, the amount of things that have actually kind of gone in their favor, um, you know, this year that, that are things that you might not have expected. Like I said, the, the, uh, you know, the ascension of Rob Williams, contributions from Pritchard and Neesmith, particularly Neesmith late in the year, but Pritchard all season long. The addition of Fournier, who's right now their second best player. Uh, Kemba Walker looking absolutely 100%. As, as good as you possibly could have hoped, considering um, you know what the what his injury status was before the year, all of these things are kind of going in their favor, and there's still just something is off. So um, you know we want to hear from you guys because we've been talking for a bit. So uh, we'll start with Emmanuel. What's up? What's up, guys? Um, I don't know. At this point, right now, I think I think this is what I'm. This is what I'm thinking is going to happen in the next like five years. Is what's gonna happen? We have like a three-year gap right now, and we have Jalen Brown, we have Jason Tatum. I think right there you have your you have your core. Everybody else can just can kick rocks. I'm I'm be real honest with you. Like everybody else, this Marcus, uh, Marcus's Kemba, they're not like I, I don't see the the real value of them anymore. Like I think you need a change. I think they need a retool. It's not a total rebuild because you have the two people on top, but you need a retool. I think. Like you don't have a point guard that can pass. Like, I see Kemba scored thirty six. That's all. That's well. We still lost. And the four games he's played, I think we won like two and two or something. Like I just don't see the real value, like in him being a scoring point guard when you have two 
legit scorers already. And this, I, I think you said something about Rob being more important than JB. I, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, John. I respect you, man. But that that's insanity. That's insanity. He's he's a 25 per game scorer. He he's a a pretty. I'm not saying that this year defensively he hasn't been great. But man, you see, he's injured. He's been injured for a pretty long time, and I, I just I don't get it. Like, and this, the Boston media. I'm so sorry, Boston media. The respect to like the star play at this point, like this Brad and Danny thing, like it's not working. It, it it's it's not working. Like it's just not working anymore. I don't think Brad is that good. Like I think he's a good coach, X and O's wise. Yeah, I've said it before, but when it comes to motivating your team, it's it's so much more, and and he doesn't do that. You've seen it time and time again. And especially this year, and I keep going to the Eastern Conference Finals, but that's what happened last time. I mean, they, they just – he had no control. And so this – I think they just need to retool. I think they need to blow – maybe blow it up from the top to even the, some of the players in the, the lesser. Keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and figure it out from there because I just – I don't see – I don't see any any way you could, like, shake it up. I mean, you could trade Jalen Brown, but if you trade Jalen Brown for Bradley Bill and it doesn't work, you just pretty much – Lost some of the future years that you're gonna have, that you potentially could have could have had, and then what? You you go Bradley Bill, Jason Tatum, maybe they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then they lose. Like, it, what are we doing here? You have a 24, 23 year old, and they haven't even hit their primes yet, and we're talking about splitting them up. Like, that's mad to me. Before we even talk about firing the coach, or maybe that's the GM that is like gotten Grant Williams and Rob Williams when you passed up on Brett, Brandon Clark, some of these other good like. You you traded Carson Edwards for freaking Thibault. like w- like you you traded for another five eleven point guard that doesn't do anything that's in the end of your bench like that's crazy. So this idea that that's it's like you have your two players for real after that everything's a question mark to me. But you know it is what it is. Yeah, thanks, Emmanuel. Um, I'm sure. I, I mean, just off the bat, obviously, you know, brought up a lot of things here, but. I I'm not on the Brown for Beal train for multiple reasons. I think Brown, for the type of player he is, has a great contract, and you've got uh, you've got him locked in for a few years, uh, and he's younger. And I just think it's a lateral move. So I, I just I'm not for the I, I'm not I'm not for the trade Jalen at all. Unless here's here's what the whole season is going to come down to. The the reason we're having such a tough time dissecting things, Sherrod, is I think we don't have. We haven't done the autopsy yet. We, we, you know, we don't know the story of what's going on behind the scenes, if there is one, beyond what we're seeing on a nightly basis. Why? Why are they doing – why aren't they playing hard? What is going on? Is there friction somewhere? Are people more hurt than we know? Um, you know, is, uh, is it a Brad issue? Or is there some – is there something going on that there has to be more than what we're just seeing right now? So it's really hard to dissect and to point fingers because it seems like everybody gets a slice of the blame pie. I just don't know who gets the biggest slice right now. No, and, and that, that's really the challenge with this particular team because usually when, when you're looking at a team and they're having an unusual amount of success or an unusual amount of struggles, there's usually one or two kind of bullet point items or individuals or, or scenarios that can take you to where the, the, the root of the problem lies. It's not the case this year. Uh, COVID, obviously, with health and safety protocols, is, is a wild card in all of this. Injuries, as, as always, is a factor, good or bad, for teams. Uh, and then you throw in the fact that, and we talked about this, this on the Garden Report, 
you've got a lot of young players in positions that if you are a legit go deep into the playoffs kind of team, you have veterans. And the Celtics have absolutely struck out and then some when it comes to adding experience. You look at Tristan Thompson, that has not worked out. You look at Jeff T, that didn't work out and you promptly got rid of him, which was a smart thing to do. And then beyond that, you really don't have a veteran presence that is giving you something, giving you that kind of experience, that late season surge that you look across the, the you know, the, the hall tonight and you look at a team like the Miami Heat where you've got Tristan, or not Tristan, you've got Trevor Reza. You've got guys like, you know, uh, you know, Dwayne Dedman. Uh, and, and, and again, those guys are not by any means amazingly awesome players, but they give them some juice. They give them some experience. They give them productivity that the Celtics, when you look at their veterans, they're just not getting that. They're not. Um, and they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're not. Uh, but, you know, just to quickly uh, address uh, – the the um the point I made on the post game about Rob and Jalen. Uh, my only thought is their need for their need for what Rob does and their need for a big that isn't Tristan or Grant. I think outweighs their need for another scoring uh, wing, which right now they're getting a lot out of Fournier in Jalen's place. Uh, so you're supplementing close to what Jalen gives you offensively. Um, and I can live with that. I can't live with Tristan. The, I can't live with this many Tristan minutes, and I can't live with whatever's coming off the bench behind him. I think Rob is a crippling loss right now. It has nothing to do. It's not Jalen disrespect. I just think the way the team is constructed, not having Rob right now is really hurting them. And again, I, I, it's it's just a stat, but I mean, 11-2 and two when Rob starts since he got inserted in the starting lineup. And, and, and much more 11 and three, whatever it is, and, and way freaking worse, whatever it is when he's not. He, he impacts the game in a lot of ways. Problem is he's not healthy, and I don't think he's going to be healthy for the rest of the year. Um, he's going to have to gut it out and play through pain if he, if he returns, it sounds like. Um, so you're going to get what you're going to get off of him. But that was my main point there. It's not meant to be jail and disrespect. Uh, Paris, what's up, man? Hi. Hi. What's up, Paris? Hi, hi, hi. Hi. So, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Sorry. How are you guys? <laughs> good, man. Fire away. <laughs> well, um, I guess I'm just thinking here. Um, the season's obviously lost. It's been lost with the Jalen injury. I mean, that that's 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 it. Um, so I'm just thinking now. With all the talent we've lost over these past few years, I mean. I know this isn't this isn't a Danny Ainge thing to do. This isn't really a Celtics thing to do. Why not just make up a fake injury for Tatum and lose out so you can get I mean we can get potentially I think the highest the high we can get the twelfth best best odds if we lose out if we if we make up some fake injury for Tatum and lose out, we can get the twelfth best odds and potentially even a higher pick than that. So you could potentially, you know, obviously get another, you know, supreme talent in here. And try to restock what we've. I just. I think we're in a, in a in a rough position. I think you guys made, you know, a comment about. I mean, cost controlled talent is going to be really vital for these next few years, as we're you know probably going to lose Smart, and there are a lot of decisions to be made. So I don't know. That's that's just my idea. Okay. Oh, you don't need to make up a fake injury to sit Tatum. I mean, load management 
can kick in at any time for any team and it not be an issue, particularly when you look at the Celtics. Like, for example, I wouldn't be surprised if Tatum doesn't play tomorrow. I mean, they pretty much got that seven spot locked up. Very little chance that they'll move up. And, to, again, whether they win or lose, um, I think Brad, again, he needs to continue to evaluate who's going to fight, who's going who's gonna to compete at this point, because their, their postseason fate is pretty much sealed. So who's going to play with enough pride and actually just make a favorable impression at the end of the season here? Uh, you know what Tatum can do. Uh, that that's that's it's not even worth debating. But what are some of those other guys? What can they do if they get an opportunity to play a few more minutes? I like yeah. the idea of sitting Tatum because I just don't think there's a ton of value in him playing out these last two or three games. I really don't. Yeah, there's a, and there's a couple of things. It's not only who's willing to play, but you're I, we we're Brad still like seemingly auditioning players. So what better way to do it here than just to say, all right go like let's see let's see what you got these are like back into the rotation tryouts right now who wants to freaking play um this is something that's bugged me all season the good credit to tatum and brown brad said it and uh, you know brown's hurt now obviously but credit to those guys when brad gave them options to sit they kept saying no uh they wanted to play so you know sometimes we get on them for you know questionable effort but i mean they never wanted to sit um, and other stars might have said, yeah, I could use a blow. So they want, they were trying to be out there and trying to, you know, uh, you know, make an impact, uh, you know, night in, night out. Every time that they were available, they played. Um, but, you know, right now, it, what, what bugged me is I wish they actually took a few d- days off because they ended up losing a lot of those games anyway. I really wanted to see a game or two earlier in the year where you gave Neesmith the 30 minutes or you gave other guys a shot. Uh, and just to see them run with the first unit and play without a care. You know, when you have those games, when you sit stars, the expectation isn't that you're out there to win. So just go play. Play pressure-free so you can build up some, you know, some credits heading into the postseason. You know, it might be a little late for that, but I still think you can absolutely do that right now. Um, So I would absolutely sit Tatum. You're you're locked into seven right now. So let's, let's, let's stay fresh. Let's be as fresh as we possibly can entering the playoffs. Um, and um and 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 then just kind of roll with it there. Uh Byron, what's up, man? Tonight. Um I just wanted to tell you, I agree with you with saying, John. Let let the other players play now. It don't matter. But I was agreeing with Emmanuel with the I think we should just start over fresh with everybody. Marcus Smart, I think he's not impactful as much as he used to be. Like when I watch the games, he's just not I don't feel his impact in the game no more. It's like he's, he's not there no more. I think it's time for us to move on from Smart. Kimba, I don't think he fits as much as the point guard we need because his scoring does add, but we need more of someone that can facilitate that, facilitate our offense. And it's just like I don't see nothing going on. Rob, I want to see something happen, but he's, he's too questionable with injuries. And it's like we're going to keep going on with this. I don't want to deal with the injury big mans. We did with enough injury big mans with our whole friend and everybody. Let's get somebody, let's start fresh, trade everybody. I don't want to see Grant no more. Oh, Samuel, Jalea, Carson, Edwards, let's trade everybody. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Trade everybody. I mean, 
you know, you, you might not be able to trade him, uh, Byron. You might be able to just drive him out into the middle of the woods and, um, you know, just kind of leave him there. Um, but, you know, I think you've, I think you're stuck with some of these guys. Uh, but, I mean, realistically, Sherrod, this is where we're, this is where we're a little stuck. What can you do? Like the the, my, the I think the saddest the the toughest reality for Celtics fans to come to grips with here is um, that it's going to be hard to um, affect any real change to the roster without doing something dramatic. Simply based on the fact that they just don't have a lot of roster flexibility and they don't have tradable assets. So a lot of people are like trade this, trade that. Like you can't trade Grant Williams. You you can't. I mean Grant Williams is. Grant Williams is salary filler at the end of a trade for actual players. He's not part of a trade. You, you're throwing him away or throwing him into things on a larger deal if you're able to make it. I just don't know that they're able to make a larger deal. No, it's, it's going to be tough because, again, unlike some <laughs> Everyone's saying team. cut him, John. Just cut him. Yeah, I mean, you, need, you need guys to fill out the roster. You can't cut guys you're paying, you know, like anyway. But, yeah. Right. I mean, you, you, I mean – this team is already strapped you know, financially going forward and it's just eating contracts because you just don't think this guy can contribute. It's, it's just not the way to go. You can, you're not, you're just not going to do that. They're stuck. I mean, Fournier is probably the best multi-year addition that they can make to the, to, to the team. Uh, I know that you're going to hear some talk about Victor Oladipo, but I just don't see that happening. Um, I just don't. And frankly, I, I don't. I don't think you want Victor Oladipo if you're the Boston Celtics. When there's a reason why a guy that good seems to find himself on a different team, damn near every other year, and that's usually not a good thing. Um, so there's some guys that are out there that I certainly would be great fits for the Celtics, but I just don't think they're going to either have the, the financial resources to go out and get them. And when you're talking about free agents, they pick to go wherever the hell they want to, and Boston. Even though they they had great deal with Al Horford, they did great in getting you know um, Gordon Hayward. They're still not one of the hotbed destinations. Kemba, agency, right? And they don't have the you know the, the flexibility salary cap wise to go out and like pay top dollar for guys. So it's going to be tough for them to do much more than keep Fournier in the fold and just hopefully run it back with guys being a year older, year wiser, and hopefully a year better. Yeah, um, real quick, I uh, want to w- welcome in uh, Bobby Manning and Jimmy Toscano from the Post Game Show. Joe Slay, once again, hiding out, hoping I don't see him. Um, won't request to speak, so I will invite him to speak. He's at the Garden, and he obviously has some good insights tonight as well. Uh, guys, what, what's going on? We're, and or, or we'll get to you in a minute. Um, uh, Jimmy, Bobby, what's going on, guys? What up, what up? How did you guys? How did you guys wrap it over there? Yeah, any we, any, co- any combos to carry over? We crushed it. Well, we we took your debate there and we found some good merit in it. We ripped it apart. The <laughs> tore it apart. Well, Bobby wants to trade Jalen well, Brown. Though. I I think it's I think it's both true. Obviously, there that Jalen's a ceiling raiser for the team on a night like tonight. His twenty points alone would have had the Celtics closer in this one. But Rob seems to be the only guy, probably on the roster this year, whose firm commitment night in and night out was making team teammates better. I can't think of another guy. You know, Kemba got to that point by the end of the year where he was emphasizing that more and how he was playing, but his his primary role was scoring. 
Rob's just spacing the floor vertically, passing, moving well, rebounding, kicking balls out from yeah, those just rebounds. All like everything that not getting. Yep. Yeah, everything made other guys better. And that was you saw how much smoother that made things. And you know what's fortunate too is he's probably going to come back before that playing game. Maybe we'll see. Um, let's uh, let's welcome him. We got a lot of speakers, so I want to get through them. Uh, Ore, what's up, man? What's up, guys? What's up, what's guys? up Ore? What's up, man? Uh, obviously disappointed as usual. Can't say I'm too I'm too shocked by what happened. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of things. First of all, like watching this game, you just you can just see the difference between the way the Heat run real offense and the way we run offense. Like there's constant movement, back cuts, dribble handoff, and and it's and it's more it's more noticeable with the type of shooting that they have on that team. And I'm looking at us, and it's like dribble, dribble, dribble. And it's like I get people talk people talk about Kemba not being a playmaking point guard, but it's like we're not really running any offense to really get our guys looks. Like we have we have good, you know, shot creators that, you know, kinda covered that, but it's like we're not really running offense. Like we're just having guys dribble, 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 and we just we, you know, we just hope to see what happens. And like you said earlier, John you kind of you kind of answered a question that I had. I mean, people keep talking about how we need to improve the roster, but it's like we're kind of stuck. Like we don't have players that other teams would want would want to take in a trade. So it's like, how much better do we really get, other than just making sure you re-sign Fournier? I I don't think you can, man. That's Sherrod said it too. That the reality is the, what no Celtics fan wants to hear, and, and it's going to be depressing, is the best thing you can do and the most likely thing you're going to do is run it back with this team, try to re-sign Fournier, absolutely bring back Brad, don't make a trade, do not trade Jalen or anything. Absolutely, if you can find anyone who wants to nibble away on, uh, you know, like pie in the sky, Marcus, Tristan, you know, Neesmith and a bunch of first round picks for another star caliber player because you get oh, the yeah. two expire you get the two expirings there. That's a pie in the sky dream scenario. You clear out two expiring contracts there, uh, and and you and you unload everything you put whatever you think another team would take for 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 a player. I don't know who would do that. I don't even know which player you, you'd be targeting in that scenario. That's if you're able to pull off one of those. Yes, if you're able to trade a player who you know isn't part of your future beyond next season, like Tristan or Smart, maybe you do that too if you can get anything in return. Um, but realistically, you bring them all back and you sign Fournier if you're lucky enough to sign him and you hope that it's another season under the belt without all of the COVID stuff and blah, 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 that it might be better. You hope you draft well from whatever position they're going to be in. It could be in the freaking lottery if they lose the play-ins. Um, that's it. I mean, does anybody else see a better path here or, or, or anything that's realistic? Everyone on mute? Nope. <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's the answer. No, right? What do you got, Jimmy? Oh, I have one other thing. 
Nope. I'm just, uh, hold on, I'm bringing back Josue, but the... No, I, no, I was No freaking say. vacuums, dude, okay? And if there is... <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for my Uber. As soon as I get in, I'll unmute. <laughs> I, think, I think we said it a few times that, like, we, we can't see a situation where they're not still somewhat screwed here. Like, they're kind of stuck. Like, the contracts that they have, some of which are... Well, they're not screwed un- because these are good players in place. They just need to figure they're, out how to all fit they're, together. They're screwed, in the sense, together. they're screwed in the sense that it's not going to be... It doesn't seem like there's an easy path to improve from the outside. Like, they're pretty much counting on themselves. They have to pretty much bet on themselves more than anything else because they're not going to find suitors lining up to acquire a lot of the players that they'd like to get rid of. Tristan Thompson, Kemba Walker, uh, Marcus Smart, the young guys that they haven't gotten any value out of. I don't, I don't want to just repeat John's answer, but... I mean, he's pretty. He's pretty much spot on. I mean, they're gonna have. I mean, Danny's gonna have to get either extremely creative or very lucky. Uh, I don't know which one, uh, you know, is more likely if, if either, because it does feel like their best bet is to, you know, bring the band back together and hope that they can get healthy. And it's not just about health. It's it, there's a mentality issue with this team that starts at the top, and that's something that that worries me more than health even because you can be a healthy team and still all of a sudden it's like, uh Oh, like they're still losing games because they just don't have that edge. They don't have that togetherness that good teams have. And they've never, they haven't really had it at all this season. So I'm not going to just say health is the reason they suck this year because when they were healthy enough, when they had Brown and Tatum out there at the same time, which they did after many games. And when they had smart out there and whoever else around them, they still looked way off. So uh, it's more than held. It's it's the connectivity that, that seems off. I'm not loving the – so they do have that <laughs> mid-level that they could use, but I'm just not loving the options that are out there when you look at this free agent class. Either, a lot of these guys are just going to stay with their teams for decent money or pursue some cap space deals for more money than the Celtics can offer because they can only really offer $5 million with that. Uh, mid-level this year so yeah there's nothing great coming in free agency either minimum guys you're thinking something like Jeff Teague again and we saw how that played out so yeah so message to Celtics fans if you hated this season just wait till next season (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna run it back this the sequel same cast Uh, oh you have that pick if you hated this season you ain't seen nothing look it has to be better and it will be better the problem is 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 better enough to crack the top four in the East? Like, again, you know, you've seen what a healthy Miami team can do and how they just look like a better overall team, basketball team than you are, regardless of the fact that Celtics are without a couple key players. No doubt that's a different story if they play. But you're certainly not – I still don't think even under ideal circumstances you're within sniffing distance of the of the top three teams in the East – and that's the that's the sad part is yes it'll be better but it's it's probably not good enough you're you're battling for a four or five seed again next year I think how, how important is that pick John because you keep saying oh you swung and missed on Langford Neesmith wasn't that great right away but if you keep swinging at the that's middle of that I round said. yes you might hit that's, well, that's what something I that people could hope for maybe but that's what I, that's why I say those those picks. They have look if if someone else values it, great. You know, um, if you can roll your picks into real stuff, awesome. I hate trading 
a, a, a pick that high for a veteran, you know, like Sherrod wants that veteran presence. And I think that's valuable, but I would hate to trade away uh, something with a higher potential ceiling for something that the team needs. I, you do contending teams do that teams that are a player away do that. I don't think a team like the Celtics do that. I think you, you need to hit a home run. You, you got to hope that you do. You, like I said, you need your Halliburton or hero, you know, or whatever. I mean, even better than that, there's, there are, there's going to be one player picked within a few picks of where the Celtics pick next year that's going to be a cornerstone player for some team, most likely. Be the team that gets that guy, you know? Get him. This is your third swing at it in the same exact spot in the draft. Make sure that this one's that guy. If that happens, great. That solves a lot. Of, that makes things a lot better. You have a controllable player who is somebody you can build with. Neesmith might also be one. All of a sudden, things start to look better. I see a lot of people in the chat saying things like, oh, you know, Jordan and LeBron didn't win till 27-28 season. That's a good point. Um, Tatum and Brown are going to be hitting their prime in two and three years. It's no, really yeah, freaking – how do you, you build a Golden condemn. State – yeah. How do you build you can't a condemn state? them for good? When guys are in their prime, you have other people coming up behind them who are also potential future all-stars. If you have that, you can do something. Yeah, they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out, even if it's slowly but surely. Uh, like, this is really the first year where they're seeing, oh, geez, it's not easy to go out there and try to do it all yourself. You have to figure out how to integrate some guys around you. I, I don't know that's... how you're confident that they are definitely going to figure it out, but they better figure it out. I don't either. I mean, I, when you say fi- they, are you talking about Jalen and Jason or are you talking about the Celtics? Yes. Okay, Jaylen I Jason. thought you meant the Celtics. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did too. That's why I was like, are you really? No. Because, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've, got, they've got to do a better job of surrounding their two cornerstones with more – complimentary type players, guys that actually have roles that augment what Jalen and Jason can do. Uh, they could use another guy, for example, who is strictly a playmaker, a guy that comes into the floor and is actually hell-bent on getting other guys involved offensively. Basically, they, they need someone who does a lot of the things that Rob Williams does. I don't think there's a I don't think it's 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 not a mystery as to why this team is so successful with Rob Williams because he does all those things that no one else on this team either can do or wants to do. Sherrod, how differently does this season go if they sign Rondo for two years eighteen million instead of Thompson for two years eighteen million? Well, I think we're probably talking about four, five, six games. Maybe wow. maybe in the third seed. I, there's no doubt in my mind about that. No yeah, doubt those, in my mind. Those I feel, like, I feel like Rondo meshes. just didn't want to come here. I feel like that has well, to be yeah. part I of it. I mean, but we're, we're speaking in hypotheticals. And, and, yeah, no, but, but that's a reality, decent amount of just, money for Rondo. $18 million, He only got 14 Yeah, but, Ron, but Rondo was – I, I think Rondo's pride would not have allowed him to come back here, especially knowing that he would be making less money and he'd be playing behind Kimba. No, he'd um, be making more money. The, he only got 14 from Atlanta. That mid-level would have given him 18 for two years. It just – would you have given him two years back then? I don't know. No, I, I, I just can't see Rondo being cool with coming back here under the circumstances that he would have come back here under. I don't think it was just either. Uh, let, you, think he's, you think he's done with Boston? Yes. Yeah, he's wow. done. Yeah. He's done. I want to cycle through. I wish he wasn't, people. though. Let's, let's hear from 
Uh, what up, guys? What up? What's up, another Chris? Day, another day, another Celtics loss. <laughs> Get ready for it tomorrow. It must be a day. <laughs> the Cavaliers are coming. Uh, yeah, we're going to lose that one, too. Um, but um, I want to speak on, like, the the the, the blame pie. Um, a lot of guys are trying to – love- they try. <laughs> they trying they trying to get Brad out of here. Like I get it. It hasn't been the best season, but I I, I just can't um just buy in on just letting him go and be just because of the, there's not a good replacement out of there. I mean out there. Um and I go back to games like um in the twenty sixteen seventeen season where uh we had like a box of scraps and we, we won a, a game three versus the Cavs uh, with that team. Like I, I go back to, to games like um, versus the Sixers game three, when we went up three Oh, like those are games we, we weren't supposed to win, but Brad finds a way. And those are the games I stick with. And I'm like, I can't say that's him. And those ga- and, the, and on those teams, we had guys that bought into those roles this year for whatever reason, COVID, I don't know, guys in and out the lineup, it seems like Brad is using the practice uh, with the lack of practice and he's using the games as his practice by putting in guys in whatever, Carson Edwards one day, uh, Jabari Parker, whatever, so on and so forth. So it, it and the, the early success Brad and just the team had, was a gift and a curse going to those those uh those Eastern Conference Finals uh, just because the they put unrealistic expectations I guess a little bit on on especially on the fans and on themselves a little bit it, it made them seem like their window was then and maybe it wasn't maybe we should have took it a little bit slower instead of just going going as hard as we did and it just wasn't really realistic just because the pieces didn't really fit especially with that that 17 I mean the 18 19 year with with Kyrie when we lost to to the Bucks like that team just wasn't really it maybe we were just relying too much on the talent instead of the the cohesion and the the continuity that what got us to those to those games uh years prior so it's just a lot of expectations that we have that haven't been met, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's real in a, in a, in a sense, if you get what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. This team just needs, uh, guys just need to really look at themselves in the mirror this off season. Just say, are we really going to commit to our roles? Are we going to commit to, uh, what we, what Celtic basketball like stands for because this year has just been been a year from hell. Yeah. Um, thanks, Chris. I I think you know more than anything this Man, season. Chris I think sounds, that's Chris sounds down. Yeah, more than anything this season, that's kind of what they probably have to do. Like, who do, who do I want to be? You know, like you hear it from Perk. You know, we've talked about the the original big, you know, the original big three, but the two thought for you, for the kids, the original big three. But, um, you know, the, 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 the big three with uh, with KG and Ray and Paul and the amount of sacrifice you have to do, like, that's the whole ball game. Like, you want to win. You got to figure out what the team needs 
to win. To what the team needs from you to win. And then you got to do that. And that could be at the sacrifice, that could sacrifice some of your stats. It could sacrifice an all-star appearance. Um, and I'm not calling these guys selfish, but ultimately maybe the game needs more than just give me the ball and I'm going to score it as much as I possibly can. You're going to need to reach that point in your life as, as a star player and recognize the value of making your team better and, and the importance of it. And until they do that, it's going to be hard for these guys to lead them because you know, they were talking about Jimmy Butler. Dwayne Wade was talking about Jimmy Butler on the broadcast. Do you guys hear that? And um, the portion where he was saying, um, I didn't know it until I got to Chicago. And then when I got to, you know, in Miami, he's like you, the type of guy he is, like when he gives you the ball, he's screaming at you, shoot, 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 shoot. You know, and if you don't, he pulls you aside afterwards and he's like, why didn't you shoot that? You got to shoot that. If I'm giving you the ball, I want you to shoot it. You know, don't be head. Don't hesitate. He's talking about that level of empowering teammates to do these things, you know? And, and then we talk about how many times you've seen like Tatum and Brown just have blinders on and not do that because they're thinking, I got to be the guy who scores. I don't know if these guys can do it. I don't think they're selfish. Right. I think they think that's what I got to do. So something's got to change where you got to say, what, it's, it's what, very what type similar of basketball player do I want to be, right? It, it's very similar to Kyrie right at the end. And it's not that extreme because I think Kyrie just completely put the blinders on in that Buck series and started running into double teams and taking like 30 shots, as many as 30 shots in some of those games. That was just like a dramatic, I'm going to solve this myself or go down and fire. Uh, but it's a similar line of thinking, I think. Like these guys aren't going to get it done. They haven't been through this. We're the best players on this team. We just got to put our head down and try to solve these problems with our scoring. And they're finding out, or at least you hope they're finding out, that that's not how you lead a team. Like, they could do that as the third, fourth options on the team because that was their job. Other guys yeah, I, were doing I got to point things, out, Ore's putting it in the comments now that Butler's not getting triple teamed. That's the freaking point. If you're getting double teamed, you absolutely have to pass. Like, not passing out of double And that's a hard thing teams. to do. Not, that is not a very passing hard out of double teams to develop. is bananas. What's that? That is a hard attribute to develop. You know, some of the great passers in this league, like even KG was well known for being a great double team passer. And that that was the thing that made him special. Like not everybody can do that, at least even right away when they're starting to see those for the first time. So that gives me some hope with them because realistically, as I always say, Jason Tatum's one year into being that frontline ball handler who always gets pressured. Jalen Brown's less than a year into that. So there's a long room for growth for them in that area in particular. Real quick, I want to. Uh, there's a bunch of people in the room here. Um, uh, uh, just want to give a note out to everybody. We're trying going to try to get to as many of you guys as possible. Uh, so jump on in. Uh, the chat is very active as well. Anybody who's contributing in the chat, we haven't heard from you guys. We want to hear from you. There's quite a few of you out there. Um, so by all means, please, you know, uh, request to speak, and we'll put you out there. For those new to the room, or just as a reminder to those, <coughs> pardon me, to those uh, who've been here before, when we do put you up on the stage, just mute your, mute your line until we uh, call out your name, just to make sure that there's no uh, feedback for everybody, and we will cycle through as many people as possible. Also, any of you out here in the chat, you want to invite your friends, go ahead and do so. Uh, we've got room for more people, so by all, we, you know, we want to get as many people in here as we possibly can. Um, so go ahead and do that. Also give everybody here in the room a follow that way, when we do go live, we'll be able to notify you that we've done so. 
Um, let's get in here and see if we can get Austin. Did I get you, Austin? Are you there? Hello, Austin. All right, I'm going to jump ahead to Kibram. Am I saying it right, Kibram? Are you there? Another thing I would ask is if you do request to speak to actually be here. One more missing, and you have to hand over hosting duties. I threw up. Is it my fault? I can't see. I'm just pressing buttons. Uh, 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 Julian, are you there? A good host. Just hey, what's up? Feeling. A good host knows. What's up, Julian? Exactly. So, uh, I know everything pretty much sucks right now, but how about I offer a little bit of positivity? Next call. Wait, are you asking us to? Because the answer is no. No, no. <laughs> I, have a little bit, I, I have a couple. Okay, go ahead. You can. So, first of all, you know, obviously the Celtics are a better team with Jalen Brown. Nobody can discuss that. But I think we also have to acknowledge over the last four games, we've seen the best Kemba Walker we've seen since he was a Celtic. Like, I think he's averaging like 32, 6, and 3, I think, since JB's been out. So, I think you go into the playoffs with Kemba being the best best of himself we've had in a while. Fournier is averaging 20. Tatum's averaging 30. So, I think you can't... They won't. They probably won't do anything in the playoffs. But I will say, I think if there was any matchup that you probably would want in terms of the top three, it's probably Brooklyn because it's the only team that can uh, that won't kill us inside where all we have is Robert because yeah. they don't really have a center either. And they're also been one of the most injury prone teams as well. I mean, you have Harden coming back from a uh, you know hamstring is one of the most reoccurring injuries in the sport. KD has been hurt all year. So if you're just thinking about this season, I think you do have a chance. You know, it's real small, but you have two players playing their best basketball and you're playing a team where I don't think any of us would be shocked if one of their top three, even two, got hurt in the series. So I think you have to give them a shot. It's not all bad. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not all bad. You're right. But I guess when I look at this team and you point out how well Kimba's playing, which is spot on, you point out how well – uh, Fournier is playing again, spot on. And you just start looking at all the different guys that, that are doing some really positive things. And then you realize they're doing all these things and they're still losing games. It's, and, and that's the maddening part about this thing. It would be one thing if they were just having just kind of a cross the board, you know, cluster, you know, what, where guys just all, all everywhere just wasn't, weren't getting it done. But they're having these, these games where, they're having multiple guys, two, three, four guys playing really well, and they're still losing. And I, I, I keep coming back to the fact that teams that are going to be very good or at least pretty good have players who have roles, and they stick to those roles. They execute those roles. They do the they as Brad likes to put it, they become the best version of themselves within those roles. And that's not happening with this team. Too many guys on this team are not doing what they are being paid to do. If you are to defend and rebound and contest shots, you need to do that at a high level. It's not happening. If your job is to be a guy that comes into the game and shoots, you're not doing your job. And and I get and part of it has to do with the fact that the Celtics don't have a true bona fide facilitator. Tatum does it from time to time. Marcus Smart is probably their best one at it, but they don't have someone who 
their ability to facilitate and get others involved is their strong suit. Uh, I'm hoping that in the offseason that Danny Age will address that and get them a playmaker who is more engaged in getting everyone some food at the table as opposed to feeding the damn self. Yeah, and he mentioned that Brooklyn series. If you told me Kevin Durant's going to sit down the whole series and just say, I'm resting for round one, and it's just Harden and Kyrie, I'm still picking the Nets in four. So, yeah, yeah, they're not beating the Nets. Uh, Trace. What's up, fellas? Good to talk to y'all again, man. I just know by this, by this time, man, it's like, you know, like y'all told me, at, with the way this um, roster is constructed, we ain't going to do nothing, man. So it's like it's, it's time to just plan for the future and, like, I don't know what we're going to do. I really want to ask y'all what y'all think the best things that we can do to really turn this around to get back to getting to a championship level because right now, I mean, it's just like even adding a playmaker, I mean, the players that you're throwing the ball to got to make some damn shots. You know what I'm saying? It's like I I don't know, man. We got I think it's to the point we got a long way to go. You know, it's not just one piece and that's going to change everything. It's to the point now, man, it's going to it's, it's gonna take just about a whole reconstruction of the team unless we change the coach and then the coach brings in a whole new culture. Because, like, just think about how how the Knicks went from, I don't know where they were last year to where they are now just by bringing in Tibbs. That's that's. To me, that's more important, and what we really need is a coach to bring in a whole new culture that could maybe change the whole change the team than to bring in one or two players because I don't think a couple of players is going uh, one or two players is going to change it. Yeah, I mean, I I I agree with you from the standpoint of you're you're right. It's going to take a little bit more than one or two guys, but I think more than than talent, temperament has to change. I mean, you got to get some dogs in here. I mean, you you might have to take a slightly less talented but but over above average tough guy uh, to just balance things out a little bit. Um, this this team, I think, is just a little too rich from a talent standpoint and not rich enough in terms of mental toughness. And, you know, and I, I've talked about it before, but I, I just I've seen this play out before. You've got to have veterans if you're going to win. They don't have to be stars. They don't even have to be your, your, your second and third best players. But they're guys that have to be able to make an impact. You're not going to go far in the playoffs. In, or in this league for that matter, if you don't have guys with some experience under their belt that can help you navigate your way to making a deep playoff run. And the Celtics, they don't have that. They, I, I, they need to add at least one impactful veteran to the mix this year who can play. And But when I say play, I'm not talking about go out there and get to 20 and 10. I'm talking about get on the floor and actually make an impact. Someone who when the game is over, they may not be your best scorer or rebounder, but you're going to remember, damn, you know what? He played really well. 
I think about a guy like Evan Turner for while he was in Boston near the end of his time. Evan was never the, one of the better the team's better scores, uh, but he had a role as a facilitator. He got the ball to guys. His defense got better. They need guys who can again be excellent in whatever role that they're tasked with having. And they they haven't done that this year. They're not going to do it in the damn playing game. So you're right. I mean that that has to be a big part of the thinking as they go forward next well, season. So well, that's the good the, thing about this. Those aren't hard changes to make. Like, it realistically shouldn't cost a ton to go out and get a veteran that you think could really fit with this roster. Uh, you know, a passer ultimately shouldn't cost you a ton. Like, they, you always talk about, John, that they don't have a ton of assets or flexibility here. But if we're just talking about moves on the edge of the roster, we see year in and year out that that doesn't cost a lot. And that's something that the Celtics, unfortunately, don't no, focus it can't on. No, it can't be Tristan and Teague. It needed to be... Uh, uh, you're right. We talk about, okay, yeah, why did we spend so much time pissing and moaning about Teague this year? He was such an insignificant signing. But you're right in that sense, Bobby. Like, the right fringe moves can make a huge difference. They didn't make them this year. They haven't made them, frankly, that I can remember covering the team. Yeah, I guess that was probably the last one. And that one just ended up fortunately turning into something ginormous so that even can show you how a move at the deadline if you ask anyone at that deadline is Isaiah going to change his team that much I mean people are going to said no but it was a great fit that's a lightning in a bottle scenario because I mean also I mean he was like fourth in the MVP I mean you didn't expect the season he had we've never seen anything like that from anybody of his you know of that caliber you know right it, it, it to turn to, to to do what he did that year, so that was different. But the the Crowder, you know, stuff like that, absolutely, you know, a, a culture, you know, that's a dog. That's the type of guy, you know, I think makes a big difference here. And we might have overvalued him then, but you absolutely need players like that on teams um, to do some dirty work, to be in there, to to to, to grind it out. Do you, not, do you not, think not they'll change? Do you think they'll significant or not? It's not even significantly. Do you think they'll make changes on the edge of the roster? Uh, what, with what? Yeah. How? I do don't know. Work? Flip their fir- flip their first for a role player. Um, That's what I don't want to even... do. If you're picking in the middle of the round, I don't want to flip a first. You round want another young guy? I just, I've been over this. I don't uh, a team that's. I, I believe if the Celtics were on the cusp. If you're a team that just needs that one thing, yes, you can afford to give away a first-round pick for that in-season, a future first for that guy if you think it's going to get you over the top. Absolutely. Before the season starts, you're going to punt on that pick before you make it for a veteran that may or may not be what you need without having even seen the team play? Absolutely not. I don't do that. I don't do that. First or you know, before the season first are assets you roll up into bigger established players or or you make that pick. At bottom of the round, different story. Like, do you need somebody you're picking twenty eight, you know, on this team? Definitely not. If if they were picking in the late twenties, flip it. If you if you can get a player, flip it to a team that doesn't have any firsts for a couple of years in exchange for a veteran, sure. I don't know that you do that for, for the fourteen fifteen pick. That's just me. The other thing is, you, there's always that chance that you, you train the pick, like, Jimmy, the next Rozier or whatever. You know, like you don't have that once once you trade the pick for a end of 
you know, rotation or end of bench guy, like you, you already know what you're getting. And it's like, okay, this is like almost just like plugging a hole that. Yeah. I'd rather take the swing. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to, you want to get those role players, like the veteran minimum type contracts. You just don't want to get the ones that the Celtics end up getting that suck. Again, you hope that the guys like Tatum and Brown can maybe draw interest from yeah. some of these older players, but I, I don't see, unfortunately, I don't see that really happening let's, this offseason. Let's, no. hear, let's hear from a couple more people here. Real. Yeah. Hey, guys, can you hear me okay? Yep. All right. First off, thanks for hanging with us day in, day out. Are you a dog? In these times. <laughs> I'm not a dog, but uh, joke I love my me. dog. That was good. I'd give you a gem if I knew how. Double tap. Just a little double tap. No big deal. Please, everyone. Right. Everyone everyone listening, you don't have to. I insist. So I got two two, two quick things. So first, the Robert Williams versus Jalen Brown. Like, Which one's hurting us more? Uh, right now, I really think it's Robert Williams. And I don't really think it's close. So first, so with Jalen Brown, and since we added Fournier, so now we have four players whose main strength on offense is scoring. And with all four of those guys healthy and on the floor, it's it's you know it's inevitable that one of them is just going to disappear for multiple quarters, like you know we've seen many times. Like you know, there, there's only one ball, and it's pretty tough, you know, for all those guys to be in a rhythm during the same game. You know, we see some games, some of them have like ten to twelve points, and one of them has thirty-five. Like it's kind of all over the place. And then, of course, on the flip side, Tristan Thompson. What is this guy doing lately? He just is killing me. I mean, he's like he's like doing he's doing his best Andre Drummond impression. Honestly, he's he like has, trying, he's already killed me, Mike. He's <laughs> he's trying ISO guys. You you toss him a little bunny from two feet. He has to power dribble. It takes him six seconds to get it up. Like you see, you pass it to Grant Williams underneath. He just lays it in. It's no problem. Don't say like, that. Did you uh, say Grant Williams? Point points off. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I'm just saying, you give Grant Williams a quick wide open bunny. He doesn't slam power drill dribble. It takes six seconds to put it up, like Tristan. That's fair. Tristan's the only person I've seen jump and actually seem to be like closer to the ground than he was before he jumped. Like he's if, if, he's shooting fifty one percent. He literally has like negative vertical. Like everyone else gets taller when he goes up. It, I, it's the strangest thing. He enters the paint at six eight and he leaves it at six two. Uh, it, it's, it's the- <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what? Crazy. We have John too. Is like the the build up he does to to, to try his jump as he's high like, as he ooh, can. Like, ooh, yeah, ooh, he's like he sits. Ooh, he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just starts bouncing all over the court. Like remember I told you I was like it's like he's like a wrestler out there like trying to grab rebound just bouncing all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> So 50, weird, man. 51% is pretty low for a center. His efficiency in there has been so bad. Yeah. So one more quick thing, guys. So I got to ask, when did Carson Edwards become our guy? Like, That's a like, huge so, you know, question. Kemba, are you, Kemba has are you, his, his, are you trying Kemba. to trigger us? <laughs> no, yes. I want yes. answers. Like, Kemba goes out with his whatever happened to his shoulder, and then the first guy in is Carson. And then Carson gets 13 minutes today. Pritchard gets 13. Like, what? what is going on? I don't know, damn it. Does anyone know? <laughs> it's, <laughs> the sa- it's the same shit that's been going on all season. It's just like throwing a dart at 
you know, throwing a dart at the dartboard and seeing if it sticks or if it hits. And if it doesn't, then who knows? But we talked about this actually at the end of the show um, tonight, me, Bobby, and Joe Sway, on why they go those stretches. Like why Neesmith and Carson, for example, tonight went for that amount of stretch of time without getting a shot up and how the other players like the Tatums and the Browns, obviously not Brown tonight, but for example, um, don't look to get him the ball. Don't look to get them the ball and don't play the style that they need to play. I think it's because they're typically in a situation where they're trying to win the game like with one shot and they're down 20 and they're just trying to rush it and they're not really playing their style of basketball. They're forced to play like some sort of comeback hero style ball. So they're not really running plays the way they would with if they were, you know, in a close game or if they're winning a game. So it's kind of like, we don't really know what that's, I think why we're like, what is this offense? Because so much of it is them just trying to play catch up. And so, yeah, Brad might put a shooter out there, but you're not getting the right message to the rest of the teammates. Like, guys, let's let's try to run a couple plays through them. Let's try to score, you know, one play at a time here. You know, we're not we can't hit a home run and tie this game up. But I don't know. To answer your question, it just feels like they're sometimes running around with like chickens without a head. Uh, let's bring in, sorry, I was looking at, I got lost in the chat for a second. Let's bring in, uh, Neil. <laughs> oh, and quick, Neil, before you Can jump you in, I, I, I apologize. I put a couple of speakers up there and I booted you. Nothing personal, but if you don't mute it, I will, I will take you out. You can request to speak again. Uh, but just make sure you mute yourself when you, when you get up on the stage, uh, for our sake and for yours, I don't want to hear whatever's going on. If you don't want us to hear whatever's going on, uh, wherever you're, uh, where, wherever you're checking in from, so make sure you mute yourself if you can. Uh, Neil, what's Hello. up? You might be around some vacuum. You can hear me now. We, we, we got up, you, buddy. <laughs> what's up, Neil? Um, I guess you guys don't really talk about getting rid of Danny very much. Um. I don't know how to say this. I, I feel like I'm supposed to be optimistic because I look at the players, but they're not playing. So Brad's not getting the response that we need. But this started years ago um, when Kyrie said, I'll, I would love to come here if you guys will have me back. And then a few months later, didn't want to be here anymore. I think that's the general manager's job, general manager's job to know your players are not happy and partly their job to make you happy. Find out what makes you happy. And Kyrie's one of those guys I guess we were never going to make happy. So we should have got rid of him and got something for him. Even if we offered him to the Knicks, everybody thought he was already going to the Knicks with Durant. Uh We could have said, you guys don't know for sure, so give us something. Give us a pick. Or we could have offered him to the Nets and said, give us Dinwiddie, because if you don't give us Dinwiddie, he's going to end up on the Knicks. We could have done something. And here's my real point. We should okay. not have tried to replace Kyrie. We should have tried to replace Horford. When we paid Kemba $37 million, we could have paid Rozier about $18 million. That extra money could have kept us Marcus Morris. There's your dog, Sherrod. There's your dog coming off the bench. And now he's shooting 45%, which we didn't see, but he was 40 on the Celtics anyway. And he and mm-hmm. he's the real dog, not Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. I miss I miss Morris a lot. Miss, and according I to Marcus, wait, hold on. Marcus what, told me Marcus wait, wait, told me this person. I want to hear what he, he said about Marcus Smart. He, Marcus Smart. 
Marcus Smart is not the heart and soul of the team. I hate to say it. When you watch that first five minutes and you could see the Celtics slumping because their shots are not going down, a lot of times Marcus Smart is 0 for 3, 0 for 5 in that first few minutes, and they're all slumping. Maybe they wouldn't be – I understand that he does the 50-50 balls and all these winning plays, but he also can take the, take the, the steam out of a team by just jacking up shit Listen, Bobby, Bobby always knows these really cool stats. I don't know where you guys get them from. Get Marcus, Mar- Marcus Smart splits and tell him, you're not a great shooter. Don't ever take a step back ever. Step forward and take a two. And when you're hitting them, then you can worry about shooting, right? You should be shooting from the free throw line. You should be shooting from the key. You should not step to the side, step to the back. Look at the floor to see if you're behind the line. The moment you look at the floor to see if you're behind the line, you're not thinking about the basket anymore. And you're not that elite shooter. So you don't, and you're probably on the floor with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. One of those three guys should be shooting, not you. I mean, he's and actually one of the worst shooters. He's he's one of the worst shooters in the league over the last five years who takes as many shots as he takes. Yeah. Um, it, so and, he it, steps, and he steps back like it's a good idea. Yeah. The uh, value yeah. of the shot doesn't matter. You have to hit it. He should yeah. be driving. He should be making layups or getting to the free throw line. He's not good at that either. He's actually been ter- terrible around the rim. Joe Sway, <laughs> what were you about to say there? <laughs> All right, now it sounds really out of place. But no, I was just going to say, Mark is not smart, though. Morris, Marcus Morris told me personally that the Celtics didn't, didn't call him. Like, he went on record to say that. And, and I, I'm, you know, to align with what he had with, 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 uh, with Neil's point in that they should have, uh, focused on replacing, you know, Horford. Horford. I mean, you have that money. The Celtics have that money there. They would have had enough to, to keep Marcus around for sure, but you know, to Mar- but what, what Moore said, I think spoke spoke volumes to where they were in that stage of the of the process, where they didn't even give him a call. They weren't even well. And Neil, well, the reason thinking- why they weren't thinking about him was because they were all in on Gordon. On Hale. Gordon, right? That's that's why they and and they knew that bringing Marcus Morris back would complicate things. Yeah, and you had the Jays. You couldn't fit him. You couldn't fit him there. I apologize. Only because we paid Kemba Walker. Morris left for not that much money. No, but what were you going to do with him and Gordon and Jalen and Jason? At that, Gordon already left because of Jalen and Jason. How were you going to satisfy those three guys plus Marcus Morris? That was too many... Too many. Uh, there, there's, there's not enough... There's, like someone said it earlier, there's only one ball. That Marcus, Marcus would have been... A, Marcus Morris comes off the bench now. I I know, but not with these three guys who needed touch. But he doesn't. He doesn't have three. He doesn't have three wings ahead of yeah. him like Fair he would in Boston. Well, he was a power. He was playing four or small five. He was a monster. If you consider him a small five, who could shoot forty percent? He spaces the floor. Everything Tristan Thompson doesn't do. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. That's what made Morris. He shot over forty. At the he's shooting like, like 50% this year. Morris also was mean to Jalen, and that's upset some people. Um, <laughs> the, the other thing, Neil, you got to take into account, the Rozier stuff looks great in hindsight, but he he had put up one of the worst years I've, we've ever seen anybody the year they, they, the year they let him go. I don't, here, Just go home. Here's the thing. Both, both Kemba and Rozier look terrific in hindsight. Kemba, in, in hindsight, was a reactionary move, but at the time, I think everybody was pretty pretty freaking happy about it, and there were not a, lot, not a lot of people clamoring for keeping Rozier. Now, it does make sense if you look at it and say, yeah, maybe they should have done that. But back then, 
maybe I'm you were one of them, Neil. But I, back then, I don't. I did not hear a lot of voices of dissent in, in, for either of those. I know that Rozier had a low shooting percentage. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, if we focused on a center who could pass the ball, who could shoot the ball, who could anchor the defense, which and made life forward, easier for everyone, yeah. then every single other player. So. I apologize. Let me say it this way. Every player on our team has to outscore every player on the other team. If we got two wings that score 50 points, we're going to be measured up against everybody's wings. Where we are deficient horribly is at our center, and everybody knows this. And and Danny Ainge went out and got Tristan Thompson, who makes no sense. He He's small enough to play small, but he doesn't play small. He's a big man. He's clunky, but can't block shots. Can't block the paint. Yes, clunky. Can't, he, he's clunky like a big man, like a seven yeah. footer. So if we were going to get a clunky guy as a rim protector, as an enforcer, then Make get a mean, then get a mean big for two or three, you know, the 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 veteran minimum. And make him your third guy and throw him in there to beat the so, crap of Embiid and get six fouls. Again, Neil, we talked about this as well. And, and this was a debate that we had. Um, uh we were all on the, a few of us were on the Aaron Baines train. There's no question Aaron Baines has had a horrible year. Um, so I'm not going to talk about the type of player he's been this season, but he is exactly for, for fewer dollars. What would have made sense for just a big, stakey big that would have been the third man in your rotation that you would, that you would just throw out there when you needed a little bit of muscle situationally. And then the games where you don't need muscle, he wouldn't play at all. And that would be fine. And you would have ridden uh, Rob and Tice the whole way. But you, even, you didn't do that. You went and got Tristan. Fournette, or even Fournette for what we paid him anyway. Just don't get Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no doubt about like that. anyone but Tristan Thompson. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you, Neil. Yeah, right. That was a great that, Neil, yeah, thank you. But that was great. Neil, we haven't heard yeah. you before. Make sure you come back. That was good stuff. I, I think his point there was that you invested in center and didn't get anything out of it anyway. So if you were loaded on the wings and were a little weaker at center, it wouldn't have been that big of a you difference okay. and you would have been a way better team. Yeah. Yeah. So Which is kind of the point you made in the offseason, John. That's, yeah. I said that then. I did not think Tristan was a need because I, I – I, and again, I, 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 I'm not playing that I told you so. It just I thought what, this would happen, that he'd be – it would be a matchup-specific thing. There'd be Tristan games, Rob games, uh, Tice games. I didn't think they. I didn't think he was automatic. Come in and be your anchor, twenty-eight minutes a game center. No, no doubt about it. I believed he was battling for minutes and might not even be starter caliber. So I just didn't think he was an upgrade. I didn't think he did much. If you only had something to spend, I felt like wing depth was the place to spend it. I just don't know if there was a guy there. That's the problem. I just. In in the case you of, could have just rolled with Tice. In the case of Tristan, yeah. it, look, if you couldn't get the wing, uh, fine. But in the case of Tristan versus nothing, I might have done nothing because um, I just didn't see it as a need at all. And and because Tice it, was it, fine, and it hurt. And you. honestly, they made life they made life harder on Tice by bringing Thompson in. Yeah, much harder, much harder. Yeah, um, we then got, they uh, they lost yeah. him. We got Kibram in here. Hey, how are you guys? Uh, I had a question. Is there a way we could get a better point guard that could defend? Yeah, maybe. Who do you have in mind? Somebody in the draft. Maybe even Terry Rozier, if you could get him back. 
don't know if they can get him back. That's not that ship has sailed. He's also not. We'll give you. We'll give you Kemba back. (laughs) You should see his Instagram. He's always dropping like green colors, man. He's also not a. He's not a. He's not the type of point guard you need. He's a. He's a. Let me shoot the shit out of the ball sort of guy. So Terry Rozier doesn't solve your problems. I don't think he just would have been cheaper than Kemba. But he's not. He's not a. He's not a distributing point guard. Um, you know, a guy like Rondo is the guy we talked about uh, early. Yes, someone like that would have would have fit. How many guys out there, like a Rubio? Like, does that help you guys? Does that help here? Rubio, yeah. I mean, because Rubio again, not a not a very good shooter in my opinion, but he's a hell of a distributor. And that's what you. Someone, you do. What's that? Someone mentioned Rubio being the guy they thought the Celtics should have went after with the TP to me recently, and I didn't think too much about it, but they they were like, they need a passer, and this guy is a passer, and that's who they yeah. should have went after with the TP. I, I got to look at what his contract was. I don't know if Minnesota would have given him up, but it's a decent idea. The only problem is he's he's just a passer. He's not giving you much offense. I don't think he's a great defender. He's 30. And yeah, he's making seventeen million, so it was very similar to the Fournier contract, and he had an extra year after it. So it's not a terrible point. Can you uh, find it, a way to pry Lonzo away in the off season? Is there a way that works? Very difficult. Extremely. You'd have to get rid of Kemba somehow because of the hard cap. Unless it's Marcus. Josue, the sneaky bastard. Josue, if you're in the room, I'm coming to get you, buddy. <laughs> if the problem with it being Marcus is, see, what's what's ball gonna make you think, Sherrod? I've heard twenty to twenty four, and that's probably at least too 20, much. Twenty twenty, yeah. I think it is. That's the, I mean, that's the floor uh, for him. When you look at his age, you look at his growth curve, you look at the fact that he has that one skill that we're, we've been talking about that Celtics and a lot of teams need, and that's the ability to make plays for others. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely on the north side of 20. I can't see anyone going higher than 25. Uh, but can, can you sign and trade by giving away assets? Can you do that? Could you give away an expiring? Could you give away Marcus and Tristan, could, is he the guy, Marcus, Tristan, Neesmith, and Pick? Smart you know, and Thompson. Smart and Thompson gets it done. But do the, Pelicans, well, do the Pelicans want Thompson? No, but right. you're, you're taking on expirings. You probably buy him out anyway, and you get assets. I don't know that they do it because you're a team that's basically got two stars you're trying to make the playoffs with. But if you're not going to pay him, you've got to get something. Yeah, but there's other teams they could get something from. Yeah. I don't think there's... Or if they give you something they really hate. Someone just put it in the chat like a Stephen, you know, they, they they dump something they don't want. See, the money becomes very important for the Celtics because with Tatum moving on to that max, they're very crunched up against a hard cap. And if you take in a player via sign and trade, this is why they had to get a guy like Ball at the deadline. You have to avoid that because – Ball will be coming in not as like five million like he would have been at the deadline. He'll be coming in as twenty four million or whatever he ends up signing for. So if you can't yeah. go over that hard cap, no, so I know. If, yeah, so you can't bring in Bledsoe or Adams or anyone because that's going to push you over that hard cap. Yeah. Um, what's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Ian? Hi. Right. Um. So I. 
am an optimist and I always will be. And I agree. I think Bobby said it that eventually they will figure it out. There's going to be a lot of wasted time that they could have figured it out sooner. But in the meantime, I just have to get it out because this is like the most troubled I've ever been as a Celtics fan because there are things beyond like, oh, yeah, you know, add a point guard, add more this, that, that are so, like, bemusing. Like when a year passes and the team that humiliated you, to me that was humiliating last last year, the Heat, you know, emasculate Goran Dragic hitting 35-footers in your face. And then a year later, the same exact thing happens. You can't guard Tyler Hero to save your life. Uh, Jimmy Butler goes out of halftime, and Duncan Robinson is handling the ball, coming, finding guys, fade away. Like, just it just doesn't seem like – and I love Jason Tatum, but it seems like there is something, like, seriously missing with – he and other guys competitive spirit he gets the ball in the post he holds it for seven seconds and then ends up you know the horrible offense that we see so often and I do think yeah like adding guys with a high basketball IQ would help tremendously because that clearly is a huge problem and we see when Rob comes in a guy who loves to pass the ball oh look we're all of a sudden look like a solid team but there are just things with with some guys in the team and Tatum in particular that are just like, how does this change? I guess we just have to wait till Tatum is 28 and he's realized, wow, I really was making huge mistakes. I, I didn't want it bad enough. And until then, I, I don't know. I don't know what what to do. What I mean, I, I guess adding some players so it, we're better than this because this is just this has truly been hell, man. It's just been the worst season I could have ever imagined. Uh, yeah, no, you're not you're not wrong. Uh, wh- what do you think, Sharad? What's it going to take for uh, Tatum to kind of get it? For Tatum to get it, just age, right? Like, not he doesn't get it, but like the the sacrifice, the commitment, the playing every night, that the you know, just that kind of stuff. I think it's time. Uh, cause it's, it's, it's hard for, see, this is the thing about Tatum. He has, frankly, uh, the fact that he has ascended so quickly has been a blessing and a burden. I mean, it's, it's a blessing because it, it shows us just how quickly he can be an, a difference making high impact player. But because he has accelerated his game so quickly, we expect the same of his leadership. And that just hasn't been the case. It's not that he has been a horrible leader or even a bad leader. He just hasn't been a great one. And that, to me, is going to come in time. But they need to start doing a better job of not only surrounding him with the right talent, but also the right temperament. He needs some more dogs in the yard. As our, you know, caller earlier, you talked about, you know, Marcus Morris. You need a guy like that. And I, and, and here's the other thing, too, because I've talked with Tatum and Marcus Morris about this. Those two were very close when Marcus Morris was here. And in fact, they used to sit next to each other on the team plane, had lots of conversations because Tatum comes from a, you know, a, a tough St. Louis background and, and Mook coming from Philly. They had that in common, but Mook would often challenge Tatum wanting to basically toughen him up. And so when you take that out of the equation, when you take that person out of Tatum's life on a day in day out basis, 
He does. He's not getting the same kind of education that he would have gotten if Marcus Moore stayed around. And I think Tatum, frankly, I think statistically he'd be even better if he had a guy like Marcus Morris around because Marcus would challenge him and push him from a mental toughness standpoint in a way that no one on this team is doing now. Yeah. I I just think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a couple of years and they will get it. it. Just you're asking a lot, as you said, Sherrod, for these guys to kind of they've been accelerated, you know, their their growth is accelerated to the point that they're, you know, both clearly the two signature stars in the team, but asking to lead the team. And they haven't really done that um, at this level. So, um, you know, it may come over time. You kind of hope you're looking for continued development in their basketball, in their game, but you're looking for also just more maturity about just who they need to be, you know, the level of commitment that it takes, um, you know, night in, night out, the, 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 the value of making your teammates better. Um, and, uh, you know, it just it didn't it didn't happen this year, um, guys. We're gonna wrap it up. We've been going for a bit here. Uh, Jimmy Sharon, any closing thoughts? And uh, we will try to um, you know if we didn't get to you tonight, we'll try. We're back tomorrow, so we got another game, uh, and we'll see what happens with that as well. Celtics look at this point like they're locked in on the seventh seed, um, so that's where we are. We've got a few more games this week to close out the string, and then. We're looking at a play-in, almost certainly, so that's going to be pretty intense. Uh, we'll keep doing these shows every night. We'll keep doing our locker rooms. Um, hopefully, we've got at least a first-round playoff series to keep this going. If we don't, we will keep doing these shows regardless. Uh, we'll pick and choose our spots. We'll talk about other topical things, um, some off-season stuff for sure, uh, and just kind of follow along with the NBA you know, NBA playoffs. But um, that's, that's it for me. Uh, Jimmy, Sherrod, anything? No. No, we're done. <laughs> Jimmy, what you got, Jimmy? I was going to uh, – you guys got me? Yeah, go, Bobby. Yeah. I I think the standings, looking at the standings, if they can mow through Cleveland tomorrow, they'll probably be in a good enough spot where they could rest a little bit through the weekend, at least one of those games. And just kind of be fresh for that playing game at this point. Now that they know they're not going to jump up to six, and they're probably not going to fall down to eight, they are actually in a pretty good spot here to probably rest Tatum in at least one game. They'll definitely get Kemba two nights of rest down the stretch here, and uh, they'll at least be fresh for those playing games. So that's the only thing I'm thinking of these last three games. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll be back tomorrow. We'll see what kind of. Uh lineup they trot out there uh you know we're 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 past must win game territory at this point as we said we are locked into the seven so uh join us on a post game show um you know tomorrow and then afterwards on locker room probably keep it a little bit shorter because as i said we're 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 reaching that point where the games don't matter as much but we'll start getting a sense of you know who they're going to play uh start talking about that start talking about potential matchups uh so plenty more to discuss here We'll see if we get any updates on Rob's condition as well. Um, obviously, having him back is uh, is super valuable. But, um, you know, for everybody here, for Sherrod Blakely, Bobby Manning, Jimmy Toscano, Josue Pavone, who was here um, and snuck off, um, we, uh, we thank you. He's <laughs> bad about that shit. He does. Irish goodbyes all the time. Just I do that. I do that like crazy. I just sneak out the back door. But um, 
Just Way is pretty sneaky. Um, but yeah, thank you guys again for joining. We really do appreciate it. The support, um, both in the post game show, um, uh, over on CLNS and here, uh, we love talking to you guys. So we, we, we hope to get you all back again tomorrow. Good night, all.